Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. Millions of believers around the globe are joining the Isaiah 62 fast to pray one hour a day for 21 days for Israel. Doug shares from his heart why he believes this is a historic moment for believers and Israel as many have felt they are on the verge of a civil war. This is the time for the church to have a heart awakening. Join Doug as he encourages us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. After the episode, consider leaving a review and follow us on your favorite streaming service. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. There are millions of people that are joining in around the world right now. Started May the 7th. We'll go through May the 28th for 21 days that are joining on the Isaiah 62 fast. A few weeks ago, the Lord had been speaking to Mike Bickle of International House of Prayer and really felt like in their anniversary coming up for International House of Prayer, they already have 21 days of prayer and fasting, but they really sensed the Lord said to pray Isaiah 62 specifically every day, allotting time every day to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for Israel, and that uh, this is a few weeks ago before we've seen what's happening today that's going on in Israel with, I think, just a report recently, over 1,300 rockets have been shot uh, towards Israel. There's a lot of internal conflict politically. There's a kind of a divisiveness and a dividing of a lot of those in Israel, as well as turmoil going on in the region, as always. But there is a direct connection to what happens to the church as well, globally, but also what's happening in America that I feel like has an uncanny similarity. In fact, back in February, March of 2020, I began to share some of the things that the Jewish historian Josephus said as he watched the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD and the uncanny similarities that I'll share in a moment as we read through Isaiah 62 and pray, joining millions of people on this Isaiah 62 fast. But in the destruction of Jerusalem, what the Jewish historian Josephus recognized, there was so much divisiveness, even with families, spiritually, politically, they were off balance so that when Rome was able then to come in and desecrate the temple and scatter and destroy Jerusalem. We see in spiritual context similarities happening today with all the divisiveness. We saw the increase of divisiveness politically in many ways in Israel, but also we've seen the last few years an increase of divisiveness in the church, but also obviously is being borne out in the United States as well, politically, spiritually, in every way. As I shared back at the end of 2022, there would become a time of new exposures, implosions and explosions. And I won't get into that now. You can go back to my old podcast and YouTube, but we're looking at seeing where things are today. It's an acceleration. And so it's really a time where the church needs to have a hard awakening. And I think one of the things that God spoke to Mike Bickle and so many are joining in on is the importance of praying for the peace of Jerusalem, praying for Israel. As we do, there is some areas of benefit, well, a lot of areas of benefit to the church who has been grafted in as we also pray. So before I go in anymore, you go back to last week's podcast and it's on YouTube where I actually interviewed and had a conversation with Mike Bickle 
on praying the Isaiah 62 fast. We've had quite a few people share those things, praying and joining us. But I know that as of now, they were, I know Mike was hoping to get a million people. And I believe that with all the different churches and organizations agreeing to pray together and bringing all their people in, there's well over, from what I understand, 8 million people that are praying the Isaiah 62 fast. This started, as I said, on May the 7th and will conclude on Pentecost Sunday, the 28th of May, which when it was set up, it was not meant to be ending on Pentecost. It just so happens that in God's sovereignty and his suddenly moments, it's turned out to be in this anniversary time for International House of Prayer, but now so many others joining in and at a time when there is such divisiveness going on in our nation, but also in Israel. And I think as of just a couple of days, 1,300 rockets have been shot at Israel. So we see a lot of tension in the region. So it's an appropriate prophetic act in time as we're praying the Isaiah 62 scriptures and people being fasted and praying for the peace of Jerusalem. So let's read what many others are joining in on right now. Isaiah 62 says, For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness, and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. I'm going to pause there at the end of verse 5 and kind of give some of my personal commentary. That scripture has been one I've been praying for 41 years because I believe there's a direct correlation. This is a kind of a multiple-leveled prophetic word that God gave even to Isaiah. But when we look at the importance of who we are being grafted in as the church many years later, and of course 2,000 years ago, through the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, that God has called us as Christians to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God has called us to stand and pray for Israel. And so as we pray the Isaiah 62 prayer, along with millions of people right now around the world, for Zion's sake I will not hold my peace. Now we know that prophetically God is speaking to the land of Zion, the land of Israel. We see in Micah chapter 4, a reminder of a scripture that's very dear to me because I see that literally in context that one day all nations shall gather at the mountain of the Lord in Zion. We know that ultimately for the believer in Christ that is coming, but we also see that as a literal God is speaking about the land of Israel in Zion. And But one day that all peoples will gather at the mountain of the Lord and they shall put aside their weapons of warfare against one another and they'll be turned into harvesting tools together. What a beautiful prophetic picture. I go back to the year 2000 and I was part of an international gathering at the International Gathering of Prayer with Tom Hess. We had 1,500 leaders from around the world, I think representing almost 200 nations or close to, and that's when that intifada started. And in the midst of that, the Lord reminded us, reminded me, that as we gathered in Zion, in Israel, 
that we were to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And here we are as Christians representing nearly 200 nations, 1,500 delegates there to have this convocation, all nations convocation in Israel. Intifada started. People were being distracted by what they saw. But I realized we were gathering with the elders in the morning and I began to realize that here we are. Isn't this a prophetic picture that the world may have conflict, but we as the church need to come together to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. All nations gathered at the mountain of the Lord in Zion to pray for Israel. And so we began to pray Isaiah 62 then and Micah chapter 4, because it says it prophetically that when all people gather at the mountain of the Lord, putting aside their weapons of warfare and turning in the harvesting tools together, that the outcasts, the lame, and the sick would become a strong nation. We see you fast forward after the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD that I alluded to earlier that the Jewish historian Josephus wrote about, lived through and wrote about. He saw the divisiveness, the political and spiritual conflicts going on, even families strongly divided, so much corruption that was happening that in the imbalance that Rome came in, desecrated the temple, destroyed Jerusalem, and the people were scattered. We see that in 1948, the regathering of Israel coming into the place of Zion, the land of Israel, coming back in 1940. Of course, this year is being represented 75 years since that regathering began, the state of Israel being recognized by the current contemporary nations of the world. Although God had already established them many years ago, in 70 AD during the diaspora, that they had been scattered to the four corners of the world. But God was calling them, even like Ezekiel 37, the scattering of the dry bones all over the world. But God was drawing them back and giving his own breath, his zao breath, prophesying it into these scattered bones. And they regathered in 1948 and recognized officially 75 years ago. We've seen the Six-Day War in in 1967. We saw the constant battle against this one place, this small strip of land that the nations have come against, but God continues to protect. And so in that context, we see that as we pray for Zion, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name, which is the mouth of the Lord, who the mouth of the Lord will name. And it goes on. And I love this because even as a believer, I believe the Lord is speaking to us to say, for Zion's sake, we know literally for the land of Israel and for Jerusalem's sake, God will not rest her and he will not hold his peace. But in this moment, when we are grafted in. When we pray, we walk in the blessing. Those who bless Israel shall be blessed. And in this context, as we bless Israel, we speak and and join millions in praying the Isaiah 62 prayer and fasting and praying together until Pentecost, these 21 days, that we as Gentiles also now grafted in can say, for your sake, for Israel's sake, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. That's context is literal, but it's also speaking to those of us who now, in the Judeo-Christian foundations in which we build on, our Jewish roots, so to speak, in the church, that all religions and all nations, who in all nationalities, all ethnicities, when we come to the revelation, even as Christians and Gentiles, into the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, we recognize our roots, our blessings come because of Israel, because of the Jewish land, the Zion's sake, that we recognize that because of that, because God is a God of covenant, if God can break covenant with 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then he can break covenant with any promise that we can hold on to. I believe God is a God of covenant. He never breaks his covenant. God never breaks his promises. God never breaks his covenants with his people. So God is not breaking covenant with Israel or Zion. God is saying, I'm going to use this prophetic map, a prophetic landlay for people to recognize that God's word is true, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can actually look at this and say, as we pray for Zion, pray for Jerusalem, literally, that God is also saying, I will bless those. I will bless my church. I will bless those who do also pray for Zion and Jerusalem. So I used to pray, even incorporating my own name, saying, for Doug's sake, I will not hold my peace, because God gives us a peace that surpasses human comprehension. For Doug's sake, I will not rest until righteous goes forth as brightness. And I realize that I'm not trying to compare myself to God's literal word. What I'm saying is because of praying over Zion, praying for God's word to be true, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, that we walk into the benefits and the blessings of doing so. So you can even put your own name. If you're going through something right now, Continue to pray for Zion. Continue to pray for Israel. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's not a request. It's a command of God. It's one of his great commands to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, I love it where it says here in verse 4, You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. The word Hephzibah means this, and he's speaking literally of Israel. He's speaking of Jerusalem. He's saying that my delight is in her. And he says, you should no longer be desolate, but your land shall be Beulah. It shall be married. Because of this, we are grafted and we are, because of God's delight in Israel, God's delight in his word, God's delight and his His land is married. It's Beulah to the Lord. It's Hephzibah. It's married to the Lord. That God is also allowing us to realize that we, the bride of Christ, who have been grafted in her now, his delight as well. We're married to the Lord that we have a covenant relationship with God. So even when we take communion, we realize that it's not something we take for granted. It's because of this great act of love, the high cost of love that God gave for us, that he laid a foundation by which we can build on and praying for those foundations that he's laid for us. If we destroy those foundations, we have nothing to build on. We have faulty things to build on, but we have a good foundation to lay on. Go to verse 6. He says of Israel, It says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord do not keep silent. Wow, that is pretty prophetic to those of us Gentiles or believers in Christ, those who are part of the body of Christ. He says, for those who make mention of the Lord, you don't keep silent either and give him no rest until he establishes and until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. That's a command to us as Christians that we who are part of or make mention of the Lord, who has a relationship with Jesus, our Lord, realizing that we have a responsibility also to make sure that we pray for the peace of Jerusalem to be a praise in the earth, that until we see that, because it's a hotbed, it's a place that everyone looks to. Jerusalem is this holy city, and we see Israel as the land that everybody wants, and yet God has made a covenant with Zion and made a covenant that holy city, the, uh, the city of David, that we too as Christians must take the command of God serious and make sure that we continue to pray and give no rest until his Jerusalem is a praise on the earth. And then verse 8 says, The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies. 
and the sons of the foreigners shall not drink your new wine, which you have labored. But those who have gathered it shall eat it. And praise the Lord, those who have brought it together shall drink it in my holy courts. Go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up the highways, take out the stones, lift up a banner for the people. There's so many prophetic narratives here throughout this chapter. So many prophetic narratives that are being accomplished through the reestablishment of Israel in 1948, these 75 years since they've been recognized by the contemporary nations of the world as a nation, even though such conflict and war against it. Again, even in the last few days, at least, what, 1,300 or more rockets being shot at Israel. Constant enemies trying to come against Israel, trying to come against Zion, destroy Zion and cause conflict in Jerusalem. And we see that being lived out in the divisiveness and the spiritual civil war and the verge of civil war in Israel as well as the United States and other places. The division and the civil war in the church that should be the heart of the Lord uh, to reach the soul of our communities. We see such divide and conquer happening. That's why it's so important that we have one voice and one focus of worship and together joining Isaiah 62. And I believe we're going to see a move of God and an outpouring as we do this and join together in the Lord. And then we see, as we've read through Isaiah 62, that God continues to say, Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, Say to the daughter of Zion, Surely your salvation is coming. We are to pray and declare the salvation Lord is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. As I said earlier, the word Hephzibah means my delight is in her. Beulah, your land is married. And so God is doing a work and prophetically going to have his word be true that he has promised and he shall not carry any longer. I believe that there's an acceleration of what God is doing, that we are much closer than ever before to seeing all the things that we've seen prophetically spoken in Luke 21 throughout scripture that we see uh, in Old Testament and New Testament scripture that we're coming into those days, that we're coming into the latter days, but we also see the midst of the shaking, that God is going to shake out all those things, institutions and things that have come against his word. And we see that happening now. But I believe that God is also giving us a sense of hope as we join together according to his word, character, nature, and spirit to continue to pray for the sake of the kingdom of God and for the sake of Zion and to pray for Jerusalem. Let me just read this one thing. I said earlier, the uncanny similarity that we saw in the ultimate destruction of Jerusalem by Rome and also the desecration of the temple in 70 AD when Rome took conquest of Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. But we see an uncanny similarity today in the political divisiveness and the church being divided by external and outside influences that is causing instability. That is why I personally sense that urgency to pray Isaiah 62 prayer and to pray for the church and to get the wisdom of God in strategic areas. We need the atmosphere of God's presence if we're going to see the transformation we need. It's interesting as we're doing this Isaiah 62 fast and praying for Israel, praying for Jerusalem, and it concludes on Pentecost Sunday this year, May the 28th. And we saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. 
It was a suddenly to us, but wasn't suddenly to God. God had all the nations together, the known nations of the world, together, 153 nations represented in Jerusalem at that moment when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came. Could it be that God has representation from all the churches and all the nations of the world and the church praying for Zion, praying for Israel, praying for Jerusalem? Could it be at the conclusion of our fasting together and praying through Isaiah 62 that we would also have an outpouring of God's presence again on this Pentecost, in this Pentecost season? I pray so. But here's what's interesting that Josephus, the Jewish historian, said, and this is again during the destruction of Jerusalem, and he wrote about what happened. He said that disagreements became so sharp it split apart families. There was also a bitter contest between those who were fond of war and those who were desirous for peace. At the first, this quarrelsome temper caught hold of private families who could not agree among themselves. After this, which those people that were the dearest to one another broke through all restraints with regard to each other. So in other words, tensions intensified. There was civil unrest. Society become unstable and lawless. Seditions were everywhere, Josephus wrote. As I think about where we are and what's happening in Israel right now, and when I wrote this, actually, I wrote this back in 2020, and now we're culminating now in May 2023, joining in this Isaiah 62 fast where millions of people are joined together every day, praying at least an hour a day or longer, praying for a piece of Jerusalem and praying for Zion, praying for Israel. And I believe the church, as we gather together from all nations at this moment, and we are tearing together in prayer, praying to bless Israel, to pray to bless Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem, bless Israel, bless it, uh, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that God is going to do something in a culmination of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm hopeful because without that, the world is undone. We need we need God's intervention. We need the Prince of Peace. We need the Lord himself to intervene. And for that to happen, there needs to be a corporate agreement and a corporate outpouring of his presence upon the church of the nations as we pray for the blessing of Zion, praying for the blessing of Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. Derek Prince, I want to quote just something he said. He passed in 2003, but in his booklet he wrote called Our Debt to Israel, he said, it is important for us all to acknowledge the truth of what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well. Salvation is of the Jews. Now that's not an Old Testament scripture. That's John chapter 4, verse 22 where Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, salvation is of the Jews. That is Derek Prince saying that without the Jews, we would have no patriarchs, no prophets, no apostles, no Bible, no savior. Without all these, how much salvation would we receive? And Derek Prince says, none. The Bible makes it clear that God requires the Christians of all other nations to acknowledge their debt to the Jews and to do what they can to repay it. In fact, he says in Romans chapter 11, verse 30 and 31, Paul summed up what he had been saying about the debt and the responsibility of the Gentile Christians toward Israel. He says, You Gentiles were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through Israel's disobedience, and even so Israelites also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you Gentiles, they Israel also may obtain mercy. We're praying for the blessing of Israel, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, praying for God's mercy right now at this time over Israel. His delight is in Israel. His delight is married to the land. And the Lord is saying to us, join in agreement with my word. In other words, because of God's mercy that has come to us Gentile Christians through Israel, God requires us in our turn to show mercy to Israel. That's what Derek Prince said. How shall we fulfill this obligation? He said the following are four practical ways 
that we may do so. First, we can cultivate and express an attitude of sincere love for Jewish people. And second, we can enjoy and demonstrate the abundance of God's blessing in Christ in such a way that the Jews may be made jealous and desire what they see us enjoying. Remember, that was Derek Prince. And the third thing Derek Prince says, we can seek the good of Israel through our prayers and petitions as the Bible exhorts us to do this in Romans 10.1. And fourthly, he says, we can seek to repay our debt to Israel by performing practical acts of kindness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you are committed to Israel. And intercede for that nation, he says, I acknowledge my debt to the Jews and I proclaim that I will repay it in practical ways as well as by showing mercy. For the Lord will not forsake his people. Amen. Derek Prince, again, he lived 1915 to 2003. And I was just quoting from his booklet, Our Debt to Israel. And he gives quite a few scriptures or proclamations on behalf of Israel that I won't go into now. We'll do that later this week. I do want to remind us, as we've joined in with millions of the Isaiah 62 fast, that millions are praying, reading through this prophetic chapter of Isaiah 62. And go through that yourself and apply how you bless Israel, how you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but also how it applies to us prophetically as the church as we bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Father, I thank you for this time we've had together today. God, I just am amazed at this historic moment where millions are joining daily in praying and fastedness, praying for Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem, praying to bless Zion, to pray for Israel, because we know, Lord, that the whole world right now is shaking, and we need your intervention. Father, in the city of David, in the land of Israel, in that very place that you established a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God, that from that very place where we as Christians who are joining in millions together praying for Israel and praying Isaiah 62 together, that because of that covenant you made, because of that very city of Jerusalem by which our faith has been born through Jesus Christ, a Jewish rabbi who brought to us, Lord Jesus, a revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, who the law was fulfilled through, not to be destroyed, but fulfilled through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as Christians. God, help us, I pray. And as we pray for Israel and pray for Jerusalem, that, Lord, that we, the church, would be awakened and you would do a work in us. Remove the blinders, God. Remove the blinders from our eyes. Remove our hard-headedness. Remove our stubbornness, God. Remove our hard hearts that we might truly come to that place of renewed revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection and that we are coming into that day where we can look up and be watchful for our redemption draws near. God, I pray right now that there would be an outpouring just like in Pentecost 2,000 years ago when every known nation was gathered and tearing together in Jerusalem. I pray that as we join in nations around the world, God, would you again pour out your spirit in an exponential way that we would see an outpouring of revival and awakening throughout the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.